That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Part of the Problem. I am Dave Smith. He is Robbie the Fire Bernstein. We are the dynamic duo in liberty shit talking or something like that. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing great. Having a good weekend. How about you, Davey Smith? Very good. A, ni- a very nice weekend. I've been off this weekend, which uh, I've, I've... It's nice sometimes. I've grown to appreciate the the off weekends for sure. Uh, I watched the UFC fights last night, spent the day with my family today. Good time all around. Wild fight card. Wild fight card last night. Crazy. Volkanovski got knocked out. It's nuts. Anyway, uh, next weekend, I will not be off. I will be in Utah with my life partner, Robert Bernstein. And uh, tickets are selling very fast for that. These shows are going to sell out. So if you want to come out, West Jordan, uh, Utah at Wise Guys, me and Rob uh, doing doing a bunch of comedy shows out there. So come on out to that. And then we got Rosemont, uh, Chicago, Key West, Florida, um, Seattle, St. Louis, Nashville, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, coming up comic Dave Smith for all of me and Rob's uh, dates together. And then Robbie, the fire.com for all of Rob's headlining gigs. Um, and yeah, how was your week? You were doing some shows this weekend, right? Uh, no, I've been home running my mouth, baby. Go check out run your mouth, putting out some high quality episodes, new studio, good things happening. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Very cool. So um, a big story, very interesting story. Uh, is the the latest in Donald Trump's court cases. Um, he just uh, lost a civil case in New York and was ordered uh, to pay $355 million, which is pretty incredible. I know you uh, were covering this on Run Your Mouth, Rob, and there's... Um, uh, I don't exactly know where to open with this. I guess, I guess I would just say that, look, we've been talking about for a while now how much the uh, the the government's thumb 
has been put on the scale in this election. Um, the, obviously, the government's thumb was put on the scale in the 2020 election to a very large degree. Um, there's lots of examples that we could look at. Of, uh, Mark Zuckerberg essentially admitted on Joe Rogan's podcast that the FBI was the reason why they suppressed the Hunter Biden story. And there's lots of other examples of, of what they did in 2020. But we've been saying from the beginning here and look, I mean, I don't know what to say. This show has kind of become known for getting all of these issues right over the years. And there's lots of issues going back to Russiagate and the war in Syria and COVID lockdowns and the vaccine mandate and, uh, you know, all, all types of different stories. The Ukraine war, um, now the war in Gaza, where, you know, time seems to always kind of prove that what we were saying at the very beginning was right. And I'm not even saying that to like boast or take credit. It's really just so obvious. Like all we were doing was just saying the shit that was so obvious. But the same with this one. It's just been so obvious from the beginning for anybody who's who's paying attention and is, does not have worms in their brain or some deeply rooted bias that makes you unable to see the truth that this has all been part of the plot to to not allow Donald Trump back in the White House and. I'll say, and I'm very interested to hear your your thoughts on this, but I will say that there was, I read an article in the New York Times and an article in the Associated Press about this case. And even them, even the New York Times and the Associated Press, I mean, they won't say it quite the way we do, but even they were going, man, this sure is unprecedented. And man, this sure does set a weird legal precedent. And I can't remember. I'm mixing up the two articles. It was either the New York Times or the Associated Press, but where they were going through, they're like, there's only like a few civil cases in the history of New York that you could even compare where they've put any type of of uh, um, of bill this high on the damages. And all of them had one thing in common. There were victims, (laughs) Like there were victims who were saying in this case, it's so wild. They literally the Deutsche Bank said Trump was a whale and we were thrilled to be in business with him. There's nobody here complaining that they were defrauded or that a service uh, was rendered in a way that it wasn't supposed to be or that a service was never rendered or any of the things that you would typically look for in a case where you'd get this type of judgment. And the other thing that's interesting is that Trump uh, has testified. I don't know if Trump testified or maybe his lawyers testified, but that that his cash on hand was approximately $400 million dollars. And between this case and the other civil case that he lost, they're basically asking for all the cash he has on hand. I wonder what a big, what a coincidence that this just happens to be happening. And what year is it happening in 2024? But that's totally coincidental that these uh, unprecedented, you know, like court cases And these novel legal theories are all being used to go after the one guy who just happens, again, coincidentally, to be the guy that the CIA, FBI, NSA, the entire corporate press and the establishment of both uh, major political parties have decided is unacceptable to be the next president, who happens to be, according to every poll, the favorite to be president. 
It's it like so clear where it's like the American people want this guy. The powerful people do not. And right around this time, the whole judicial system is being weaponized against him. I, I just like, like, again, I, we should get zero credit for calling this one right. <laughs> like if you just look at those fundamentals, you go, okay, how could anybody not see exactly what's going on here? So I, I know you've been like doing pretty deep dives on this, Rob. So what, what are your thoughts? Well, I like that the uh, New York City court system decided, hey, you can't make banks money. We have to bail them out. If you, <laughs> you know, they're, they're looking at the economics, the way that banks are supposed to work, and you're not allowed to make the money. And then I listened to the prosecutor. She made a speech afterwards, and she said, this is not a victimless crime because it right. takes resources from other people. And I would love to hear the economics on how making money for a bank somehow takes away resources from other people. What individual walked into Deutsche Bank and didn't get a loan on behalf of them making a loan to Donald Trump that was making them money? Can you possibly explain to me who this individual is? Firstly, you're, you don't have access to the same capital that Donald Trump is. You're not seeing the same loan officers. It's But the fact that you could pass a $400 million judgment off the basis that this somehow creates harm for people and that it removes resources from them, can you explain that theory to me? Where's well, the economist see, behind that one? Just explain it. Yeah, and, and Donald Trump's whole defense in this was that there were no victims. And typically, in a civil case, you can't just, like, say, well, no, there are other theoretic victims who aren't involved in this case. It, it's a little bit worse You than have to just... actually point to the victims. So just to be clear so everybody yeah. understands, this was not an instance in, in like a civil case, I think what most people think of is like like some Judge Judy shit or something like that. Or like, obviously, that's a lower level of it. But like where it's like, you know, when you watch Judge Judy, she's never deciding whether someone's going to jail or not. She's deciding who owes the other one 300 bucks. But now uh, people also think of like higher level civil cases where like, uh, OK, they couldn't get OJ on the criminal case, but they could sue him civilly and then get him that way but with all of these cases you in your mind already you have a victim who's suing somebody for doing something to them but in this case no victim is presented but the government is coming in and saying no you, there is a victim here and who is the victim? I don't know. They can't point to them, but they could theoretically say that, again, they're not claiming that he lost the bank money. They're claiming that if he valued his properties uh, more accurately, he would have made them more money. And because he didn't make them more money, therefore, they didn't have more money that they could have given out to a hypothetical victim. It's it just the whole thing makes absolutely no sense. It's like everything with these legal charges, these ridiculous novel theories. And like what's so funny about it is you're like the guy was president of the United States of America. He backed the Saudis in a war of genocide. <laughs> you know, you could charge him for that. Like there's crimes here. But of course, they won't do that because that would implicate like all of the presidents, um, including Barack Obama and Joe Biden, who also backed the Saudis in a war of genocide. And Joe Biden is now backing Israel in a war of debatably genocide, I guess. Um, but like they can't charge them for any of that. So they're just coming up with this bullshit. And it's just so obvious. It's so obvious that this is only being done because there is such intense hatred for this guy. Um, 
And there's a plan to not allow him a fair shot at running. There, there's another element to this, which uh, at least I think is funny, is that every time Donald Trump gave a document to the bank, it basically says on the bottom, and for all intended purposes, these documents are complete horseshit and you have to go do your own research. And guess what? Banks have all the resources in the world to research and decide whether or not they want to process your loan. That's that's the yeah. business that they're in. <laughs> yeah. And if they choose to process your loan and they bet right and made money, how do you possibly insert yourself into that and go what you did here? And by the way, the fraud's not even by him. It would be by whoever prepared the documents for him. Somebody actually prepares the documents and the documents literally say on the bottom, hey, trust none of this. Do your own homework. And the banks, they did yeah. their own homework and made money. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And even, like I said, even the New York Times and the Associated Press, even when you read their version of it, like they won't go quite as far as to be like, this is all a part of a plan. But even they are going like, oh, you know, this sure is different than anything that's happened before. I don't know the impact. I, I can't imagine this is good for the New York City economy. You're chasing out a person who owns major real estate. And you're also barring him, I think, from doing bit. You're, you're basically taking profitable individuals and barring them from doing business in New York City. He's also I think the biggest uh, problem for him is he's not even allowed to get new loans from any bank, I think, that has an office in New York or some sort of a tie in with New York. So I think that's actually the biggest cost to him. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's interesting about this case is that it seems and this is not exactly clear, but it seems like they so they've basically barred him from running a business. Um, like he can't run his business anymore. I think his kids too. And his kids too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's unclear. I think it was unclear with one of the kids, but it's unclear like whether or not this will actually take down his entire business or at least force him to hand it over to somebody else. It's all just like it's it's wild. And it seems to me that the the most likely answer here is that what they're trying to do is uh, basically put him in a position where he's got no cash on hand and therefore is going to have trouble funding uh, his campaign if he Trump wants shoes, to self-fund Trump it. Trump colognes, Trump cows, Trump yeah. shades, Trump <laughs> oh, ties. Right. <laughs> he's going to be hitting the streets. Forget campaigning. He's going to be selling everything. Yeah. Well, this is it. You you kind of ruin the guy financially and destroy his companies and you put him in quite uh, quite a position where it's going to be much more difficult to run uh, his campaign. Um, the other thing about it that's just hard to not uh, recognize is just that, you know, look like I, I mean, this is nothing new that we haven't said before, but there is the country. Our country is changing at such a rapid rate that it's kind of hard to keep up with. Um, it's it's much easier when you kind of zoom out. Uh, it's, it's much easier to look at, you know, 30 years ago or something like that and to go like, wow, we are in a, we live in a drastically different country than we did in the 1990s, you know? Um, but just over the last four years, our country has changed very dramatically. And it does seem like this is um, th this is a precedent for something different. And I'm certainly not someone who is saying like America was perfect and we didn't have our problems before this. But this is something where like if you if if you are like kind of hated 
And and this is more true than ever where we're, we're so like polarized and particularly on political tribal grounds. And now it seems like the standard is almost like if you are hated politically, the justice system can be weaponized against you and you will not be able to get a fair trial. You know, that was the kind of the truth with that kid who who's looking at jail time for that tweet that he sent about texting a vote to Hillary Clinton. Um, and th- this is just a man, is it not a good sign? But imagine, you know, just like try to, you know, we talk about this all the time, but you're like, you got to really try to think about what we're talking about here. The former president of the United States of America, who's also the front runner to be the next president of the United States of America, is not being taken out by some uh, negative ad campaign. You know what I mean? Like, he's not being taken out by like, you know, big donors funding the his opponent. It, it, he's being taken out by this obvious, I mean, what is so obvious, this mass attempt at every level to charge him with anything that you can twist yourself into pretzels to throw at the wall and charge him with, and then try him in these areas with bias uh, um, district attorneys, biased judges, and biased juries. And well, I, I, the the fun part of it is they get to create their own evidence of uh, now they get to run their campaign ads of the criminal who's been barred from uh, doing business in New York State, or maybe it's just New York mm. City, involved in fri- five criminal court cases, yeah, including... Listen, um- Look, what, here. here's the best uh, uh, example of that is we, we have a, a quick clip of this, but let's uh, let's check in with a uh, former funny person turned fetus eating monster, <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Oh, I know how numb we've become, but it's not normal. No other candidate for the presidency has ever had to pause his campaign to defend himself in multiple courts. And I would like to point out that in all seven of his cases, no one, no one doubts that he did these things. We're just sitting around patiently waiting to find out if the wheels of justice will grind fast enough for there to be any consequences. And the media is covering it like it's any other political story, like it's all horse race. So there you go. I mean, that's what this is. You know, now they have their talking point. Never before in history has this happened. And it's like, yeah, but that's kind of the whole fucking point, dude. Right. We never do this to anybody. Like, and he goes, is there any doubt that he did it? It's like, did what? Like, I mean, yeah, no, in some of the cases, there's not exactly a doubt that he did it, but that's not really the question. The question is, you think we couldn't have come up with 15 things that Bill Clinton did? All of them women. Yeah, really. All of them women, (laughs) most of them against their will. Uh, Like, what do you mean? Yeah, the guy, the guy who went with Jeffrey Epstein to Thailand had his, had his, you know, it was totally clean. It's like, yeah, no, it's just he's the only one who anyone wants to go after. Like, how stupid do they think people are? Like, what do you think? We don't realize that all politicians are fucking criminals? That what? They, a corrupt politician? Why, that's impossible. It's like, yeah, they're all corrupt as shit. But there's only one of them who you guys are going after like this. That's the point. But this is it. They got their talking point right there. So that's what they go with. Not even a joke there. Just yelling at the audience, getting real close um, to that camera. It's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable how they've uh, 
it's not even just like that they're doing propaganda. It's like that they're not even slick with it. Like you're not even doing propaganda in a sophisticated way where it's like, oh, the joke is this and it's to get you laugh at this guy for these reasons. And it's just like I'm just yelling propaganda into your face. That's my job. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Babbel. Why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are little more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, and rooted in real-life situations, and they're delivered with conversation-based teachings. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. For instance, one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is the equivalent to a full semester at college. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. And here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. To get you started right now, Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash problem. That's 55% off at babbel.com slash problem, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash problem. Go learn a new language today and get 55% off at babbel.com slash problem. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, let's get back into the show. Anyway, um, uh, one of the other things that Stephen Colbert uh, kind of reminds me of is uh, another weird like little timeline about 2024 is that uh, John Stewart returned to The Daily Show, um, which I just find utterly bizarre. Uh, it's a very strange thing for me. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed The Daily Show very much back in the day with John Stewart. I uh, when when I first started part of the problem. The Daily Show was like at its height and he was always, you know, he was a talented guy and always like kind of did a good job with the show. And there was something I watched um, uh, most of the episode that he was on. And I will say it it wasn't even bad. There were some moments that were funny. It was kind of he, he kind of jumped right back into it and was doing his thing. What was so bizarre about it to me was that it was almost like, I don't even know how to say this. It was just kind of like fitting this, um, this 2006 shaped peg into a 2024 shaped hole, you know, like, it's just like, it just like kind of didn't work anymore. And it, it was reminding me about how, like, how much we're not, it's not that we're a different nation than we were in 2006. It's that we were a nation in 2006. And I don't think we are anymore. I, I, it's hard for me to like find the words to exactly describe this, but I don't, I don't think the United States of America is a nation today. And when I say that, I just mean that like, there's been lots of uh, countries throughout history where the borders are redrawn based off a of war and it doesn't really fucking fit together. You know, you got these like different 
ethnic groups and different religious, uh, you know, groups. And they, they don't like identify with each other as one group. And like that doesn't really. And I think we're, that's where America's at. We're really not a nation anymore. There are, as, as lots of people describe it in different ways, but there are these worlds where we're living in different worlds, in different realities. Like if you think about, say, like where me and you are, Versus where like a progressive in San Francisco is. And you just started talking to them about like COVID or the war in Ukraine or something like that. You, you would be like, we are living in different realities. Now I would argue that ours is reality and theirs is a concocted one, but whatever. It's just not. And it was almost like reminding me, I do think from like, at least from like, say the end of World War II up until somewhere around 2012, we were a nation. We kind of watched the same shows. We listened to the same music. We had at least, we thought the same fundamental like beliefs. And that's drastically changed since then. And it's just so weird to see this guy who used to do this thing that would almost be the thing that everybody could laugh at left or right or this or that. And look, he did some funny bits. Um, there, there was there were some things that I that made me laugh that I thought were good. It just was like, I don't know. There's just something very strange about it. Anyway, so he did this whole bit um, up top about how both Joe Biden and Donald Trump are so old. And he had some funny like lines in it. Um, but there was still something about it that you were just kind of like, yeah, look, dude, I know both Trump and Biden are old, obviously. But as soon as you just start even putting it like that, you're just totally revealing your own bias. You know what I mean? Like, look, I they're both old. We all get that, right? They're both old. I'd say they're both way too old for the job. I think it's insane to have anybody who's approaching 80 in this position. Nobody who's ever hired, someone's going to find an exception and rake me over the coals for this, but this is still basically true. Nobody who's ever hiring for a CEO of a big company hires an 80-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, that's just never happened. I guess the exception would be, and I'm sure there's other ones, but if for some reason Warren Buffett left his company and was looking for a new financial job, yeah, there's probably I, a couple people like him that are out there that are. Yes. Uh, there's with very few exceptions. Yeah. Uh, with very few exceptions. In general, if you're looking for a position of like that type of high stress, high power job, there's people aren't hiring 80 year olds for that. And for obvious reason. And so I'll grant you, I'll say, yeah, I think Donald Trump's too old to be president. But Joe Biden can't speak. And like to even so it's just like this thing already there. But anyway, but he had some funny lines in the segment. Anyway, this was pretty hilarious to me. And I know this does seem like low hanging fruit, but there was I, I just there's this segment on the view. And we rarely play these segments, but the, it was just so goddamn funny to me. This was the view responding to the fact that John. So before you even go to the video, this is one of the things I love about comedy. Um, Even. There's something really beautiful about the force that is comedy. And you, I remember, um, I don't know if you remember, you remember when Chris Rock hosted the Oscars and it was the year that like uh, black 
people there was like a thing of, of to boycott the Oscars because there wasn't enough black people nominated or something like that. And he hosted it anyway. And he did his like uh, his monologue and it was really funny. And he did this whole thing about how like uh, he, he he was like, they're saying boycott the white Oscars. He goes, you know what else? We had a white Oscars. He was like in the fifties, in the sixties, in the seventies. And he goes, and you know why black people didn't boycott the Oscars back then? Cause they had real problems <laughs> and like went on this whole thing. And then he said this thing about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith uh which bit by the way maybe that was where that whole thing started from but uh he had a joke about her where she was boycotting the oscars and he's like you know in his chris walk rock way he's like jada pickett smith you're not you're on tv you're boycotting the oscars that's like me boycotting rihanna's vagina i wasn't invited and like just they were just funny jokes and there's something about funny that it just it kind of draws you toward like, you you can't do just propaganda. If you're trying to be funny, you're eventually going to hit on the thing that, like, you weren't supposed to say. It, it draws you to the truth in a different way. Not, like, just telling the truth. It's a different force. But it still draws you to... And so John Stewart was trying to be funny, and so he did have some good jokes about Joe Biden being really old. And he played this, like, montage of everybody talking about how privately Joe Biden's on top of his game. And there is like a whole montage of everyone being like, I've been in meetings with him and he remembers everything and he knows everything. And then at one point, John Stewart goes, did anyone record that? Because that would be good to put out. And it was very funny the way he did it. So anyway, this struck a nerve with the ladies of The View. So here's their response. Just people ever to run for president, breaking by only four years the record that they set! <laughs> so a lot of people are happy to see him back. What do you think about his take on everything? I'm so excited he's back. I, I never stay up that late, and I did to watch him come back. Mm -hmm. He's still got it. I love that he takes shots at both sides. And listen, he's underscoring an issue that we've talked about at this table a lot. A lot of us are never going to agree on this, but I feel like... He makes this point in it, which I've tried to make before, which is democracy is on the line in this election. Donald Trump is the most dangerous president of all of our lifetimes. And Democrats have made that their crowning campaign message. So that means that Joe Biden should be open to the most scrutiny because it is such a, the stakes are so high in this race. So I think it's a legitimate issue. Hillary Clinton came out this week and said Biden's age is a legitimate issue. Nobody is arguing his accomplishments. He has he has delivered. He has well, a legislative record. But there the, it comes down to is he the strongest person to beat Trump? I, I, and I'm not convinced he is. But the risk of being repetitious about this topic. Here, hold on, pause it real quick. I, I'm not sure about this, but I'm pretty sure that's like the conservative on the view <laughs> like that's the the like okay let's hear from the other side and the other side is like well obviously donald trump is the most dangerous thing ever and so this is the most important election and that's why i mean we could kind of consider the fact that the guy can't speak <laughs> which which is funny because obviously it's still within the narrow confines of like the window of what you're allowed to say but it is so funny that someone just raises the point that you go like, oh, since the other guys Adolf Hitler and everything good and decent is on the line and this is the most important election ever, maybe we should run a guy who can speak. <laughs> like That's somehow a controversial view within that. But anyway, don't worry. Joy Reid, 
uh, jo- not Joy Reid. Joy uh, Bayer. Bayer is uh, she's she's going to take this lady down a notch Stop. or two. Stop. <laughs> uh, you have on the one hand, you've got a guy, uh, Biden. How old is he? Eighty-one. Eighty-one. And so he, he stammers. He's had a, st- uh, a stammer all his life. I think that's mm-hmm. part of the reason he sometimes looks a little doddering. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get the words out. The guy has accomplished a lot, a lot. I don't want to repeat all the things he's done for Americans already. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you basically have, have a 77-year-old criminal who only cares about <laughs> who only cares about getting out of jail. Okay. Right, so let's pause it right there. So you can already see how this is the talking point, right? He's a 77-year-old criminal who only cares about getting out of jail. That's why he's running for president. I mean, don't let it fuck with you that he was running for president before any of these charges came. But no, that's the only reason he's running is because he wants to get out of jail. But so that's this, this is the, the new propaganda. And you, you've been talking about this for a long time, Rob, is that kind of just in itself, as long as you have him charged in a bunch of things, then you can sit there and go, all these charges, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. And then that in itself, it becomes this circular logic story. We're like, well, why would they have charged him so much if he wasn't guilty of so much? And so that's reason right there where you can't support him. That's that's the propaganda. As if and, and the thing about, yeah, I think she does mean stutter. I, I don't know. But the thing, it's just such a problem, man, for anybody who has the Internet or a memory is that Joe Biden hasn't not been a public figure and almost everybody. I mean, look, dude, if you go back and pull a clip of Joe Biden in 2012 versus Joe Biden today, you know, or or whatever, 2014, you know, just go back like 10 years. The difference is just undeniable. And so to say now, listen, Joe Biden was never very bright and he always thought he was very, very bright. He was number one in his class. Yes, that's right. You can find things of him lying about being number. But when he's lying, he's rattling off that information very quickly. He's not struggling to get the words out. But yeah, he was always kind of a buffoon. But there is just it's undeniable like everyone knows this it it is it is like the emperor's clothes level of di- like you're all just going to pretend that you don't see it that the guy can't walk or speak you're telling me you haven't noticed that at all all right all right All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Nom Nom. Your pet is a member of the family. Don't feed them like they're in the doghouse. Give them Nom Nom. Nom Nom delivers fresh dog food with every portion personalized to your dog's needs so you can bring out their best. Nom Nom's made with real whole food you can see and recognize without any additives or fillers that contribute to bloating and low energy. That's because Nom Nom uses the latest science and insights to make real good food for dogs. Their nutrient-packed recipes are crafted by board-certified veterinary nutritionists, made fresh and shipped free to your door. Nom Nom's already delivered over 40 million meals to good dogs like yours, inspiring millions of clean bowls and tail wags. Plus, 
Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Go right now for 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trynom.com slash P-O-T-P. That's T-R-Y-N-O-M dot com slash P-O-T-P for 50% off. Trynom.com slash P-O-T-P. All right, let's get back on the show. Anyway, let's let Joy continue. I watched him here yesterday because all weekend I was ruminating about what he said about getting us out of NATO. I don't think that yeah. people understand what yeah. that means. Yeah. You know, I saw this video of all these young MAGA guys celebrating Trump and Bubba. Well, you know what? You guys will be draft age. Yeah. You want to start up with Russian, the Russians going into Ukraine and then to Crimea and then to Poland. What's next? France, Germany, Italy. You think Americans are not going to be involved in that kind of a war? That's what you're looking at with this guy. You know, I mean, I hate to bring up Hitler, but Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to poll, let's just say 20 to 35 year olds and ask them, who do you think is more likely to get you pulled into a war, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? How many of them are more concerned that Donald Trump's getting us pulled into a war? Well, Rob, I mean, I'll go a step further than that. And this is, I mean, Joy Bayer makes a really strong argument that women shouldn't be allowed to vote. I mean, it's like, it's like she's actually, she's speaking to like housewives who are at home or something and they're listening to her. I mean, there's some amount of people who are listening to her. There's people in the audience who are like clapping as she says this, but she goes, First off, the risk is that you're going to get pulled into a war. That's the selling point on Donald Trump. Uh, Okay. But then she goes, they're talking about getting out of NATO. And don't you know what that means? That we (laughs) don't have to go to war in Europe if Putin keeps taking over the country? Right. Like, first off, (laughs) she goes, somehow she gets from, she goes, Putin's going to go into Ukraine. Then he's going to go into Crimea. And you're like, I think you have the order of that reversed but all right i i like you already know if you just like sat here like if i just had uh joy bayer right here i'd just be like tell me about crimea what is it what year did putin take it what were the circumstances let me i want to learn so you just know she knows nothing that's just so obvious like she couldn't she'd be utterly humiliated if you asked her three basic questions about this shit but then somehow she has him in France or something like that. Just First off, the absurdity of that. But it's just so funny that she, it, her position is like, but if we pulled out of NATO and then he went into a NATO country, we'd have to fight a war with them. And you're like, no, that's that's not exactly what would happen. That would totally not be the case. And let, let alone, I'm not expecting her to know anything about how NATO is actually largely responsible for provoking this war. We're not going to break her brain. But just like, well, how incoherent this whole point even is. Uh, anyway, let's keep playing a little bit more and understand why women shouldn't vote. You know, I mean, I hate to bring up Hitler, but before, before Hitler became powerful, yeah. he stuck his little toe in. Mm-hmm. And the Brits and the Americans, everybody appeased him and yeah. said, he's not going to get worse. And then they gave over the Sudetenland to him. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, he's invading Poland and then he's occupying France. And then he gets Mussolini on his side. This is what Putin is going to do. It's very, very urgent <laughs> that we not elect this man. It's not just about us. It's not about just the economy. It's about the world's geopolitical issue. 
Well, and that's precisely my point. And, the and these are boys so who are 13, 14, 15, they will be the ones to go. They will have the draft back again. Just I'm pause it. Doing- Just pause it for a second. She's, Joy Reid not only has that um, for her, from her deep knowledge of history, um, she really understands what happened with Hitler. Uh, and obviously that's what Putin's going to be. Because remember it happened that one time. Remember how... Everybody knows the lesson of history is not that Hitler was some type of unique evil, but that he's constantly everywhere and everyone's about to become him. And Putin's obviously going to do that. And then, like, okay, if you think that's a little bit of a leap, that Putin's going to become Adolf Hitler and take over all of Europe, like, if, if you see that being a little bit of a leap, well, then she also just said that 13-year-olds are going to have to go fight the war. <laughs> like, why? What? Since when when's there ever been a war in U.S. history where 13-year-olds had to go fight? The, I have maybe in the Revolutionary War there were like some 13-year-olds out there, but I don't know. I don't even know what the hell that what, – like what? It's going to be these 13- and 14-year-olds who are going to be fighting this war? I guess she means uh, in three, four, five years Oh, okay. So it's, yeah, I mean he's not going to become Adolf Hitler overnight. Right. It's going to be after Trump's term. I guess is what she's saying. It's going to be in whoever follows Donald Trump. That's really when the war will break out. I mean, just like what? You know, when I talked about living in different realities and not being a nation, just imagine that like there's somebody out there who hears this and doesn't recognize that it's complete propaganda. Um, I, it's also I, I hope the Internet does a good job of recording all these moments because if you're encouraging us to send arms to a foreign country and have their soldiers die in a war, and it's solely based on this concept that Putin's going to go take over all of Europe. So when this war ultimately ends up falling apart and Putin doesn't go ahead and takes all of his Europe, are you guys going to step down from your jobs? Are you going to walk away and go, you know what? I was wrong and I caused death and I provoked a war or tried to send funds into a war for no reason. I was wrong. I shouldn't be on television. Yeah, no, I mean, Rob, they're they're such fucking liars. They're such fucking liars. We don't even need to play any more of this clip, but play the uh, Rob, uh, Brian. If you can go to the the Nikki Haley clip that we had, because this is this just like kind of says it right here. And by the way, this this is an interesting little exchange that Nikki Haley had on uh, the ABC Sunday show. That Putin said once he takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. Now he is putting soldiers around those countries just like he did Ukraine, and if that happens. Those are NATO countries that immediately puts America at war. That is what we are trying to avoid. And that's why this aid package is so important. Ukraine's not asking for troops. They're just asking for the equipment and ammunition to win this war. They have a great fighting force. We need to give them what they need so that they can win, so that we can prevent having sending any of our military men and women to fight. But it's not Biden that is stopping that aid in Congress. It's Republicans. And, and Biden traveled to Ukraine in the middle of the war. Biden has given several primetime addresses on the question of Ukraine and the importance of aiding Ukraine. So I'm asking you about Republicans. What should the Republican Speaker of the well, House, who Jonathan, has the power ha- to bring it up for a vote or not, what should he be doing right now? Well, I'll talk to you about Republicans and and Democrats, because this is not the time to pick which side is right or wrong. <laughs> okay, so let's just get, yeah, you know what? I think it is actually. I think it is the time to pick which side is right and wrong. Um, it's really, first off, I mean, he gets her at the end there. It's like so laughable, almost the campaign that Nikki Haley is running. Because, right, imagine if your angle is 
that you're running against Joe Biden, like theoretically, obviously she's not short of him being removed, going to beat Donald Trump. But if the angle here is that you want to beat Donald Trump to run against Joe Biden and your thing is like, we have to do everything we can to fund Ukraine. You're like, okay, well, what beef do you have with him? Has Joe Biden not been doing everything he can to fund Ukraine? You know, like it's only a few Republicans who have an issue with this. The Democrats are lockstep behind him. But it's just on the topic, like you were just mentioning, just like uh, how will they ever feel any shame for that? It's like they're lying through their teeth. Look, Nikki Haley just said there, it's quite a claim that she goes that Vladimir Putin said that after he takes Ukraine, the Baltics and Poland are next. That is a flat out lie. He has never said that. That quote does not exist. Open challenge to the Internet. Find me the quote where Vladimir Putin said after Ukraine, the Baltics and Poland are next. This uh, it's 100 percent never happened. He's never said that. And dude, like the best scholars on this, like, you know, they all know that he has never said anything like that. Now, in fact, he was just asked recently by Tucker Carlson. This is why it's so heroic that Tucker Carlson went over and uh, and did that interview, because you actually get to hear it from him, which so many Americans wouldn't in, unless he did that. And he asked him about it, point blank. He goes, do you have any plans on invading Poland? And Putin's like, I mean, assuming Poland doesn't attack us, then no. And... I'm not saying you just take him at his word, like, I don't know. But but she's saying he's claimed he's going to do that. And that's just not true. It's not true. He's never said that. And so this is, like, to your point, this is what they rely on, this kind of like, oh, and then we'd have to fight. So that's why we have to treat Ukraine like they're a member of NATO, because if he attacked a member of NATO, we'd have to treat them like they're a member of NATO. It's all just incoherent nonsense. And this is just total. I mean, it's it's literally like, it remind it, it, it's it's like in the last final days of the war in Afghanistan, where they were still going. This this military that we've built up here is great, and they're totally going to hold the country. And everybody who knew anything about it had known, no exaggeration, for fifteen years that that was bullshit. For fifteen years, like anybody who served over there knew that. And anybody who's just paying attention knew that. And be like, the Taliban's going to take this fucking thing over. And maybe a debate about how long it would be. I'll, I'll be honest, I would have thought it would be a little bit longer. I thought there might be a little bit of a civil war. And then the Taliban took over. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be this kind of like coup de main type thing where they just laid down their weapons and didn't even try to fight. I, I will tell you that I, I may have like underestimated like i probably figured like yeah the forces we've been spending 20 years training maybe i'll fight for a few months before they lose to the taliban but american officials were telling you no they're gonna hold the taliban off we did our job we're good and this and they fell immediately to sit here and say ukraine is a great fighting force like come on dude anybody paying attention to this knows that what all of the people on the ground are saying is that it doesn't even matter if we send them the munitions they don't have the men to use them. It's just this thing's a wrap. It may get yeah. another round of funding in. It may not. But this thing's a wrap. And Vladimir Putin's not going to be invading Poland after it. 
what a missed opportunity for her to just explain a vote for me is basically voting for Biden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Either way, right. the war machine gets its war, and that's the point. Um, also, by the way, if she was a little bit slicker, she could just say, and that's the point, I can get the Republicans uh, on board with this. Biden missed his opportunity by trying to legalize two million immigrants coming into the country, and Republicans weren't going to allow for that because he's clearly trying to cheat our election system moving forward and his refusal to compromise and work with the republicans is why we're in such a dangerous situation in ukraine but she's that would be a better way to sell the war you're right yep that would be a better way to sell it um and yeah she's so thank god she's not even as good as you could be if you were playing for the evil side they really gotta hire you rob (laughs) they really could i know they could steal you away from me it wouldn't even take that great of an offer and be like ah shit and they'd be like, Dave, what happened to Rob? And they'd be like, Rob's working Paycheck. for the deep state. Go, and he's writing some really good shit for him, too. I got to say, they're in better shape than they've ever been. You do have a knack for doing that on this show, and it's always troubling to me. You're always like, well, look, here's what they should say. And I'm like, yeah, that was a good point. That would be way smarter than what they are saying. But to your other point, no, none of them will ever fucking admit. You know, They'll never admit that this was totally bullshit. They'll just move on, like always. Um, I never said that. I always said it was the danger of Ukraine. I never said Lock what down? Did I have a key in a lock? I never (laughs) said we should lock anything down. Schools. I love schools. All right. um, That was an experimental new technology. Who said it was a vaccine? (laughs) Yeah, really. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, if you're struggling with anything in your life or you find obstacles getting in your way, I highly recommend thinking about therapy. I've personally benefited from it, and I know a lot of other people who have as well. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationship, or anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash problem today to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R. H-E-L-P dot com slash problem for 10% off your first month. All right, let's get back into the show. All right, so, uh, okay, so before we end the show, I did want to uh, talk about this this one little topic. I, I did not watch this show, but evidently Ann Coulter was on Bill Maher's show uh, recently. I've I think she was always... rolling out her new face. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I will say I have always... Um, enjoyed Ann Coulter and uh she's I've I've read a lot of her books and um she's she just happens I I have vehemently disagreed with her over the years particularly during the George W Bush years when she was real on board with the war on terrorism and the Patriot Act and all that stuff I mean she was just so bad on so many issues um and then got a lot better on some of those issues that she was bad on um, but, but first of all, I don't know if anyone out there, if you've ever read an Ann Coulter book, she's like a really good writer. And I really, I appreciate very good writing. Um, uh, I'm a terrible writer myself, but I appreciate the good stuff. Um, and she's just like very like witty and incisive and like, just, it's a very, like, 
she's very easy and fun to read. And I disagree with her quite a bit, but I always like, she's a, she's kind of a provocateur and is always kind of like pushing the envelope and will say really like dangerous things. And I will say that there have been some issues, particularly, you know, I remember reading her book, Adios America. And at the time when I read it, I was still like an open borders libertarian and it was, it was genuinely challenging to read it. And I, I had to admit after reading it, I was like, ah, she is making some really good points in this book. And like, there's just, anyway, I've always enjoyed her, but um, she was on Bill Maher's show and I did see this clip and it's just, I don't know. There's something about it. That's so controversial and dangerous that I was like, ah, I just want to talk about this. I don't know. It's just the way I am. It's like a moth to a flame or something that I'm just like, Oh, huh, okay. What's what exactly is this point here? So anyway, here is Ann Coulter on Bill Maher, always creating these crazy, awkward moments in front of a progressive crowd. Here she is. Let's play it. We don't know who did this shooting, by the way, the, the, the Super Bowl shooting. We have we, some idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Who? <laughs> Well, we don't know. But they, I mean, they That's how we know it's not a white man. I can tell you that much. Do you think they're, they're repressing that reporting? They wouldn't tell us about the um, transgender woman that shot up the Christian school for what, like a year? Um, oh, San Bernardino out here. Remember the crazy terrorist Muslims? That's when I first noticed, hmm, they're not telling us who it is. I, it's not a white male. The longer they go without telling you, it's not a white male. Okay, well, we don't, for this one, for right now, as of Friday night, February 16th, we, know. we, don't, we don't officially know. Okay, you know, you have special powers. Um, but. Okay, so anyway, just for the record, as of February, uh, Sunday, February 18th, we do know an Ann Coulter was right. So I'm not saying whatever. It's just, but it's just, dude, watching Van Jones literally just like crater into himself <laughs> as everyone gets so uncomfortable <laughs> that Ann Coulter brings up this point that she's like, look, if there was a white guy who shot a bunch of people, you know, everybody in the media would be spinning it as it's like the face of hatred and Donald Trump's America and all of this. And the fact that they haven't given you this information you know, like, look, again, here's the thing, right? I am a, I am very genuinely not a racialist. And I, by the way, I like the term racialist more than racist, just because I feel like racist has been so bastardized that it's like it does, you know, but I'm not even saying like ra the term racist means different things to different people at this point. And what it means to me is someone who like viciously hates other people of other groups or something like that. But what it means to other people seems to be like you made an offensive joke could be it or whatever. There's just, it's too big an umbrella term, but I, like, I'm not a racialist. I do not view, I'm not saying there's no differences between the races. Um, black people do seem to be better wide receivers, but you know, whatever, like I'm saying that when thinking about issues or 
talking about groups of people, their racial characteristics should not be at the forefront of your mind. And it's a really bad way to judge people based off of their race. And almost everybody who is a racialist ends up going in really stupid directions and quite often very ugly directions. Um, so I'm not a racialist. There is, um, there are racialists out there. There is like uh, a sliver of the right wing. Many of you have probably seen them in Twitter replies who think the Jews are all evil or something like that. Um, and there is a dominant faction on the left wing who will talk about, you know, toxic whiteness or whatever. But there's a weird thing when you're not a racialist. You, you're just kind of free to just be honest about these things. And you watch where there are all of these things. Like So Bill Maher, for example, there's a lot of things I like about him, but he is a racialist. And he was on recently on, um, uh, oh, God damn, what's the name of the podcast? Oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of it. But the, the guy uh, who, who I like, uh, Constantine, uh, he, I debated him on Michael Malice's show about the war in Ukraine, but he was on his podcast recently and they're, they're British and they're over in London. And Bill Maher just starts going off about how like things have gotten so much better in London uh, since the, he was there in the eighties. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, first off, the place was all white back then. And so like, okay, like there's now it's like a, you know, now it's like a multicultural city. And so that's better. And we should be able to give ourselves credit for that. You know, like, that's great. Like there's, and I just, to me already, it's just a bizarre mindset. Like, I don't know. I don't think a place is better because the racial composition has changed. Why would that be better? Like, I would never think I that. Think I would never just be like better or worse. It doesn't huh? matter. It's neither yeah, better or worse. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, why does that, why would you even think about it that way? I would never go to like, um, you know, I don't know if someone was like, oh, uh, Nigeria is so much whiter now. It's so much better. You'd be like, oh, okay, you go, recognize that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, all right, I'm listening. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like to people, they'd recognize what that is right away if you said that. So why isn't it the same thing to say it the other way? It just makes no sense. And so there's this uh, this weird thing where everybody's getting so uncomfortable because she's speaking in a way where they're like, wait a minute, we have this racialist bias over here. But it's like, you just know she's right. Just, I mean, come on, she's just right. She's right about it. They 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 hid that uh, the transgender shooter's manifesto forever because they didn't want a, a crazy transgender person killing a bunch of people. That doesn't help the narrative very much. If there was if there was a white man with a MAGA hat who shot a bunch of people, I promise you there would be no time delay before they told you who the guy was. You know, I had this uh this interaction on Twitter the other day, and I'm not I'm not very uh block uh friendly like I I'm, I don't liberally block people on Twitter. I've had people on Twitter who do nothing but talk shit to me and I haven't blocked them for years. I have a pretty small block list. Um, it will be certain things will get me sometimes. Like if you're just constantly, if you're replying to everything I tweet without even trying to make a point and just kind of like talking dumb shit at some point, I might just be like, okay, you're blocked. Or sometimes if people do really dishonest things, I'll call them on it. 
And then if they, if the, I'll be like, I'm going to block you if you're going to be this dishonest and then I'll block him. But I did block this guy. It was a, a guy who calls himself a libertarian or whatever. And he, uh, so he said something to me about, um, he, he posted like a, an old picture of, uh, immigrants coming to America. Like I think in the wave in the late 1800s and, uh, he was like, open borders worked out pretty good for us back then. And I was like, yeah, it's almost like the situation is different, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and he, uh, and I go, it's interesting that you posted a picture of, of, you know, like 1870s immigration and didn't just post a picture of the current border crisis, if we're going to talk about it. And then he posted a picture of the 1870s immigrants and then the friendliest picture of like the current, like it, it was all women and children in an orderly line, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like of, of today. And he goes, oh, so Dave said the situation was different. I wonder what it could be. It couldn't possibly be the color of their skin. And I was just like, dude, I'm just going to block you because that's just the dumbest shit ever. Like, and, and then he was like, I don't think he was uh, before I blocked him. He goes, oh, Dave can't tell me a difference. The only difference here is the color of their skin. And this guy claims to be a libertarian. And I'm like, wait, so you don't, you can't think of any other difference, like any other difference. And you, you think I'm struggling to think of a difference and that it must be skin color. And this, I'm just saying, it's like the mentality is like, no, dude, you're a racialist. That's why you're assuming, you're totally projecting that the difference here must be that the, it, we're letting brown people in then. That it was white people back then and it's brown people now. So if you're opposed to it now, it must be because of the race. And the only reason you would even have that thought in your head is because you're a racialist. You put race at the forefront and you assume other people are doing the same. Like, what were the differences between the waves of immigration in the late 1800s and the wave of immigration in 2024? Let's rattle them off. Okay, we were in the middle of the industrial complex. Uh, excuse me. We were in the middle of the industrial revolution and we needed workers to fill up the factories. We had the most restrained government in the history of the world, whereas now we have the biggest government in the history of the world. We didn't have a welfare state. We didn't have a central bank. We didn't have an income tax. Um, we didn't have a culture that was going to insist or, or laws that were going to insist that if you got sick, you had to be treated in an emergency room. We weren't going to have laws that insisted that the government had to provide education for all of your kids. If one of your kids got polio and died, the reaction from the culture was going to be like, yeah, that's what happens. About one third of the people who came over here ended up going back. We also had a huge, um, after big waves of immigration, we had huge like periods where there, were, there wasn't waves of immigration and everybody assimilated. We didn't have a culture that insisted that we were built off of toxic masculinity and white supremacy, even though we were much more of a racialist country in that direction back then. But we didn't have a culture that made you, that tried to convince you to hate our culture when you came over here. I mean, you could rattle these off on and on and on and on and on. But the guy's like, well, it must be because they have brown skin. Anyway, it's just like a really interesting thing when you don't subscribe to this like racialist worldview to just watch everybody else who does and then watch them project it onto you. Like, you know that there were so many people watching Ann Coulter making that point going, she's racist. But really, she was just pointing out the obvious reality 
that anybody can't ignore. Anyway, I ended up saying to this uh, kid before I blocked him, and he's a real, I mean, look, he's not the sharpest tool in the, in the drawer, but he, you know, there was a line there where it's like, yeah, I don't call. So I was like, I was like, look, dude, here's the thing for all you guys who like rant about how you hate racism so much. And like, you'll accuse me of being a racist. So do you really hate racism? Cause if you do like, and you're a libertarian who claims you hate racism, just show me like, have you been out there? Like just like up in arms over the DEI stuff up in arms over affirmative action that there, that it's literally codified in law to discriminate against people on the basis of their race. Have you ever complained about that? Have you ever complained about the insane racism in that, that permeates universities in America or, or uh, corporate America? No, you've never said anything about that because it's racism against white people. So, like, you don't actually hate racism, right? Like, you're just kind of, like, pretending, but actually you're just on one side of this racialist divide. And that's one of the things, I don't know, I just find it interesting when someone like Ann Coulter will go on a show like Bill Mars and just kind of, like, push these. You know, I found, like, um, Tucker Carlson had this line that I really liked. He said something like, he was like, sometimes you start asking questions and people have this hysterical reaction to you asking questions. And he compared it to like how you know if something's, if there's an infection, because like you touch it and then you recoil, you know, and you just know, ooh, there's something going on there. Ooh, something really bad. And it's like that. It's like you you put a little point out there and you watch the like, Ugh! and you're like, oh, okay, there's some bullshit going on here, dude. You're full of shit. Because, like, if you're really going to say you're so opposed to racism and all these people who are, like, the anti-racist warriors, and then I could just go, like, okay, well, like, like, white people are legally being discriminated against in this way. And your reaction is to, to feel like I'm a racist for pointing that out. It's like, oh, okay, then you're not opposed to racism. That's not actually what you are. So what are you really? You know, like, sorry, that's bullshit. Because if you actually were opposed to that, then you would be opposed to that. It's just an undeniable truth. You can't even get around. So it's like, oh, no, actually, you're a racialist. That's what the problem is. Um, okay. All right. Let's wrap up the show. Uh, come see us in Utah this weekend. Tickets moving fast. Grab them now. ComicDaveSmith.com. RobbieTheFire.com. Run your mouth. Rob's other fantastic podcast. Catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. 